Devin, do you know what day it is? It's election day. (laughs) Oh my God, it's election day. Let's crush it. (laughs) Hi, I'm Devin Handy. And I'm Marissa Cabus. And we're your hosts on Crush the Midterms, the podcast. And as we said five seconds ago, it is, it's here. It's here, Marissa. It's election day. So it's so crazy because we started this podcast um, 10 weeks ago and we're like, okay, we're going to do it once a week till election day. And that seemed so far. And then turn around five seconds later and we are here. It is the it, big day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I, I feel like when we first started this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so far out. This is just such going to be a long slog. And I swear to God, I, I feel like I went to bed and woke up and, and now it is time. It is time to participate in what could be the most important election of our lifetimes. And I know that is very dramatic sounding, but I honestly believe it. I, I believe it wholeheartedly. And also, I, I've really gotten over feeling like I'm being dramatic because I yeah. don't think there are strong enough words to describe this current moment. And right. I think so many people have downplayed it and downplayed it, the, the threat of Trump and everything that he could possibly do for too long. And so we're taking it really seriously. And I think that's what we've been doing on this podcast and through our work. And um, I just want to say to anyone listening this morning, on election day, if you don't know your polling place yet, please find it. And you can go to vote.org and there's a polling place lookup. And um, if you don't know who or what is on your ballot, go to ballotready.org and do your homework, do a little cram session, and then, then get to the polls. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we started this, this project. Well, we launched it 10 weeks ago. We started this project like 12 weeks ago because I'm out of my mind. And I contacted Marissa and I was like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And she was (laughs) like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's start in like two weeks. And she was like, yeah, you're nuts. But sure, why not? Let's do it. (laughs) I like like crazy. I like how crazy. Exactly. So, you know, it's been been three months and... We have interviewed some seriously amazing people. Like, it's it's so crazy. Well, the fact that we started with Andrew Gillum, the I next <laughs> next governor of Florida, that was sort of setting the bar very high. Right. And I would just like to say that I think we kept the bar quite high. I think everyone else met uh, oh, that that standard. Absolutely did. Absolutely did. Oh, because I remember. You, we were gonna. The first episode was gonna be more like an intro. We weren't sure if we we're gonna have an interview, and, and you then were like, "I was like, yeah. actually." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm gonna get Andrew Gillum." I'm like, "Okay, okay, yeah, sure, do that." And then she's like, "All right, I have him at this day and this time." I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay." <laughs> I have to give major, major props to my friend Juan who made that happen because that was just the coolest thing. And <laughs> even just from the beginning, it was so. Wonderful to see how Andrew was willing to, or Mayor Gillum, was um, willing to be generous with his time and talk to some two random girls that he'd never heard of before yep. Yep. <laughs> and in the name of uh, democracy and, and showing us what his campaign is all about. Um, and so the, the theme of this episode, this our very last episode, is it's a pep rally for Election Day, but we yeah. just wanted to... Uh, do like a little bit more of a deeper reflection before we we jump into the the pep um and just a little teaser we're um 
we invited a bunch of our friends in the political world, um, professional and volunteer, to give us uh, a little bit about how they crushed the midterms and then how they're feeling on this here election day. Um, But before we get into that, we're just going to we're going to take it take it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we were talking about kind of not necessarily our favorite interviews, because every time I do an interview, I'm like, that was the best interview I've ever done in my whole life. And I'm, <laughs> all, I'm always so excited about them. Um, but I really, I think for me, the one that I was surprised, I think I got the most out of was actually talking to Chris. Uh, she's the executive director of the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center, or and that's at ballot.org. And we talked to her about propositions and ballot measures and how these things make it to your ballot because there's more there than just who's running for office. There's obviously who's running for office and there's judges and there's often ballot measures or propositions and there's so much on there and ballot measures and propositions don't usually get as much attention as the candidates because to be quite honest, they can be very boring and specific and, and, when you read them, you can kind of see your own eyes glazing over. But it's, <laughs> but it's so important because these are the things that are going to directly affect you. This is not even representational. Uh, this is literally just a direct effect on your life, whether or not this gets passed. Yeah. And it was really, I remember Chris saying that this is the most direct way you as a citizen can engage in democracy without actually running for office. Yep. And so powerful. And and the people of Florida um, are probably going to vote to reinstate voting rights to 1.4 million uh, formerly incarcerated Floridians, which right. is, that's huge. But then, for example, uh, I'm in New York and I'm voting about term limits for city council members. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean... It definitely sp- it, like it definitely runs the gamut. Um, but it's know, important. Here- I mean, it's it, it, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. You know, it's it's not uh, you know reenfranchising people. But um, as I looked into it more, it, it has an impact. I mean, all it of does. this has an impact, and there's a reason that someone felt it was necessary to create that ballot measure. Right. Absolutely. And and there are some kind of. I won't say silly, but here in California, we're voting on whether or not we want to make daylight savings time permanent, which of all the things, I was just like, you know what? I don't care. (laughs) 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 Um, But then we're also voting on, you know, whether or not to how we're going to fund homeless housing here in right. like in in California. So there are it's just it just spans the spans the the spectrum and and I found that episode like I said at the time I took two pages of notes just for my own personal edification. And then, and then you tweeted them your notes. And then I tweeted them like a nerd, like a big nerd. <laughs> like a big nerd. A Doodles nerd and all. Love. Um, <laughs> um I mean I loved all our episodes. I love all my children equally. But um one of uh, just from the work I did with crushthemidterms.org and personally getting much more involved with canvassing and, and field organizing, our conversation with Jason Kander really stuck with me. That was our second episode, which feels like a million years ago, and <laughs> so much has happened since then. Um, but Jason was talking about the importance of door knocking and how it is the single most effective way to impact someone's vote. 
And at the time, he uh, was running for mayor of Kansas City. He's run for other offices in the past. Um, that was the current thing he was running for. Um, and that election was set to be next year. So he was mostly putting his efforts towards helping Claire McCaskill, who's running for Senate in his state of Missouri, and, and other down-ballot candidates. But since uh, we recorded that episode and and Jason gave so much sage advice about how to approach a door and, and how to feel and how to interact with people and just be yourself and make a human connection, since then, he um, announced that he was dropping out of the race to um, focus on his own mental health. Uh, he is a veteran, and he um, shared very publicly that he was suffering from post-traumatic stress and he he hadn't really dealt with it. And it was, it, the response to him was so beautiful and so much support. He's just a great guy. And, but the, the best part, not the best part, but it was really heartening to see that even after he said he was going to take a step back from politics in the public eye, he was still out knocking doors for yeah. people who were running. I mean, he yeah. really, he lives that life. He really walks the walk so to speak. And, and what I will also say is I remember when we were doing that interview and he was saying, Oh yeah, you just talk to people. And I was like, easy for you, Jason Kander, you might be the single most charming person I've ever spoken to. <laughs> um, and you know, the fact of the matter is, is he is just a, a really easy person to talk to and, and that he has dedicated his life to doing this. And, and like you said, Marissa, like, you know, even though he's stepping back from running, he, he still really put himself out there on the, on the proverbial front lines because this is so important. And now he has a beard. So he's even more charming. Exactly. It's very (laughs) charming. It's all very charming. I I swear if Jason Kander came to my door, I would definitely open the door. I'm buying whatever you're selling. And he's like, I'm I'm selling democracy. And you're like, great, sign me up. (laughs) I will take please thank you <laughs> um so before we uh we give you um the little tidbits from our friends we just wanted to talk about ways you can take care of yourself today it's a yes. very stressful day um yes. right before we started recording uh devin was doing something very destructive devin yes, don't tell do the class don't do this i was on 538.com just randomly clicking around to forecasts of of random elections throughout the country don't don't, don't do, do it that. Don't, do don't do that don't do that here's here's another one that i've been practicing for a few weeks now and yeah. i highly recommend it ignore the polls the polls are not telling you anything new today yep. it's over it's done it's gonna be what it's gonna be step away from the polls Yep. Nope. Um, also, don't don't start watching the returns too early or listening or however you're going to get that information. It's going to be a long day. And especially for politics nerds like us, it's going to feel a little um, high stress, <laughs> at least for <laughs> me. So, you know, I my what I'm doing and my suggestion is don't start watching the returns until at least it's close to the East Coast uh, polls closing or yeah. ballot or uh polling places closing um so and also none of this like one percent of of precincts reporting like don't don't get caught up in that don't do that that. you know i would definitely wait until at least the east coast polls close before you start watching the returns and and in that vein ignore the exit polls yes for the love of god i mean (laughs) that will get you nowhere fast it will make you sick it, yes, it will make you sick. And I, I always wonder with exit polls, and I'm sure this is a question we could have asked the very intelligent uh, Rachel Bittekoffer when we had her on to talk about polls. But what 
what are exit polls? Like, how is that even a thing? You just ask people who they vote. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, a professional pollster, but I'm going to say they're nonsense. And yeah. Let's they, go with nonsense. <laughs> they exist to make you crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so ignore them. Um, and then also, you know, right after you vote, you can definitely check in with friends and family, make sure they vote, make sure they have a plan, look up their polling place for them because, you know, your sister doesn't know how to use Google. I get it. I've been there. Um, but, and then after you do that, go outside if you can. Get some air, breathe in the elements, even if it's a million degrees in Miami or below a million in uh, Montana. <laughs> go yeah. outside. Yeah, uh, go outside for just a second. It will feel good, I breathe promise. Breathe it in. Um, okay. Well, without further ado, um, we decided that we wanted to do a big old pep rally for this very big day that we've been waiting two years for. So, um, we, we brought in a bunch of our, our friends and people we know through, um, the, the work that we do. And so this first batch of friends that we gathered, they are, um, they're volunteers. They, they got involved with elections. They got really into it. They focused on one or a few different candidates and campaigns that meant a lot and just spent their, um, precious free time just getting out the vote. Hi, I'm Louie, and I'm located in Brooklyn, New York, and the way I've crushed the midterms this year is by phone banking for Beto O'Rourke, for phone banking for Max Rose, for canvassing for Max Rose, um, and canvassing for Mikey Sherrill in Jersey, and it's been amazing and feels great to actually be able to contribute and get involved with helping to preserve and potentially save our democracy. And I am feeling, I would say, <clears throat> cautiously optimistic about the midterms um, and about election day. Uh, but I'd feel more optimistic if you all voted. This is Will Gatlin, and I just went canvassing with Devin yesterday in District 48 for Harley Ruda. This is something I've been doing the last three weeks, um, and it's been really incredible because I think like most people, a lot of people, I've been rage reading the news for the last two years. And, you know, it's important to be informed and to know what's going on. And then I think I also have the sense that, you know, maybe when I'm on article number 20 in the bathtub, that's not helping anyone. So I saw a friend that had been canvassing for Harley. She posted about it on Facebook, and I thought that looks fantastic. So I got a friend, we went down, and we started knocking on doors three weekends ago. Uh, did the same thing the last two weekends, where we got even more people to come. Got uh, five people to go down with me. And it's been this really incredible experience, because I think even if I put in 1% of the time into some kind of political activism that I do into reading about politics, that's a pretty huge chunk of time. So to actually be doing something that can help our democracy feels pretty great. And the experience itself, I thought, was fantastic. Like, first of all, unlike phone banking, people are less willing to be rude to you. Because uh, I think, you know, if you're talking to someone face-to-face, they're not as likely to dismiss you outright. I don't feel like I was talking to a whole bunch of people that had wildly different views and I won them over to our side. 
But what I do think happened is we did talk to some people that were maybe on the fence, uh, either about Harley Ruda or about going out to vote. And just the act of saying to someone, yes, I will go vote, or yes, I will support Harley Ruda, that kind of social contract will kind of nudge people towards actually getting out there and casting their votes. So this next group of people are very passionate about politics and have chosen to engage in very specific ways and really have used their unique talents and resources to get involved in this election cycle. My name is Lily Herman, and I am based in New York City. I crushed the midterms by founding an organization called GetHerElected.com in January of 2017, where people can offer their skills pro bono to progressive women candidates who are running for office at all levels of government, whether they're running at the local, state, or federal level. Our volunteers right now are at about 3,500, and we are helping about 260 progressive women candidates. To date, our volunteers have fulfilled somewhere around 1,300 requests, and that's everything from writing and editing help to graphic design and web design to data analysis and fundraising strategy and pretty much everything in between. Uh, And I'm personally very, very excited for tomorrow. I'm very nervous, just as everyone else is. But I think so many people, uh, literally millions, have put so much into this election uh, in terms of their volunteering, their donating, uh, talking to, to their neighbors and friends and family. And I'm really, really excited to see what Tuesday holds. Hey, it's Andrea Chalupa from the podcast Gaslit Nation. I am so excited. It's election day. This is one of the most historic midterms in our nation's history. And every single one of us who voted and helped get out the vote is an important part of it. I try to do my part by knocking on hundreds of doors, nearly 400 doors, including for Max Rose, who's running for Congress to flip New York's 11th district. That's Staten Island and parts of Southern Brooklyn. He's running against incumbent Republican Dan Donovan, who was the district attorney who failed to indict the police officers that killed Eric Garner. I also knocked on doors in St. Louis, Missouri to keep Claire McCaskill in the Senate. Another tough race there. Whatever the results today, we have a long way to go to rebuild our democracy from far-right damage. I urge everyone to check out everydistrict.us. That's everydistrict.us to learn how we can turn state governments blue because Republicans are dangerously close to having enough states under their control to call a constitutional convention and edit our constitution. So check out everydistrict.us to see how we can stop that from happening and build a more progressive union. The battle begins in the grassroots. We have to have a ballot up approach because when we get wonderful candidates running for state rep, that brings out a lot of excitement and benefits the national races. Again, go to everydistrict.us and bookmark it for 2019, 2020, and beyond. Thank you so much to Marissa and Hellbent for all that you do. I told everybody I know to go to crushthemidterms.org. I know your fantastic site made a difference. Happy election day, everyone. We're nearly there. What's up, everyone? It's Scott Heckinger. I'm a public defender in Brooklyn, New York. And because I'm in court every day fighting for my clients, it's been tough to break away, go and knock on doors and, and canvas. So the way that I've been trying to crush the midterms is by introducing people to the immigrant communities and families and individuals that I know. Uh, as a means to counter the xenophobic, dangerous, and inaccurate rhetoric of hate that's coming from D.C. First of all, immigrants are way less likely to commit crimes. And even those who are involved in the system, whether they're just arrested or charged or ultimately convicted, they're not criminal illegal aliens. They're people. Uh, They're the green card holder who's been here since he was five years old and doesn't even speak Spanish. 
facing deportation for a drug possession conviction from 20 years ago, away from his wife and three kids. It's young men arrested for smoking marijuana or jumping the turnstile because they can't afford to pay uh, for public transportation. It's a dreamer with dreams of getting a college education, excluded because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, these are not aliens. These are people, mothers and fathers who work. These are people I know who love this country, who call this country home, who've been here for their most of their entire lives, who've been paying taxes, who want desperately to come out from underneath the shadows and into society. Uh, I've also seen and been talking about how ICE uh, is, is, is gone, has gone haywire, has been approaching people, knocking on their doors, uh, getting inside their homes, approaching people on the streets and even places like, like court, places that are supposed to be sanctuaries. Um, and undermining justice in the first, uh, undermining local justice in the process, not just arresting people charged with crimes, but arresting witnesses and, and victims of crimes as well. So, uh, my way again to crush the midterms has been trying to put a face, a story, a human to the falsely demonized, um, and, uh, trying to tell a more complicated story. Um, we need to vote and we need to, uh, bring some decency and understanding and humanity back into this country. And this last group of people that we invited to engage in our super fun pep rally are full-time organizers and political wonks who desperately deserve a nap this weekend, no matter what the outcome (laughs) is, and just live and breathe the political life. So uh, I'll let you explain. I'll let them explain how they crush the midterms. My name is Maya Contreras, and I'm located in New York City, and I'm going to talk briefly on how I crushed the midterms, or rather how I'm just one of the little people that helped contribute during this midterm. Um, I did this, I believe, in three different ways. One through voter education, candidate endorsement, organizing a conference on policy issues, Oh, and fundraising, so four things. Um, the first thing that I would discuss is voter education. Um, I did chats on Facebook and Twitter and in person um, to discuss voter suppression issues that are prevalent throughout the United States and also to talk about felon disenfranchisement and how these things are on the ballot. These are ballot initiatives that are happening throughout the United States. So I am one of uh, the many that went out and discussed these issues to raise awareness. Um, candidate endorsements, my group All Women's Progress did candidate endorsements for female candidates that we really wanted people to know about who aren't immensely qualified and should be elected to office. One of them um, is Lucy McBath, who is running in Georgia 6, um, which I also helped um, raise funds for. So she's one of the candidates that I helped raise funds for across the United States. So important to raise funds. Um, These braces are so expensive. Um, And the last thing is I also put together a conference called Win With Women with my partner Mia Brett. Um, in Washington, D.C. this May to discuss policy issues that I'm really passionate about um, that we would like to see implemented over the next few years if there's a sea change in Congress, um, which is about policies that disproportionately affect women and marginalized groups. So I think I crushed the midterms, and I hope that we see that reflected tomorrow. But thank you so much. Hey, this is Susie calling in from Nevada, where I've been leading Let America Vote's Boots on the Ground team. One-on-one conversations are our jam, so we've knocked on over 260,000 doors in five states. 
We're crushing the midterms by defeating politicians who block access to the ballot box, working to elect leaders who expand voting rights, and passing automatic voter registration here in Nevada. If you want to feel hopeful about the future of our country, get out there and help people make their voting plan, help them find their polling location, and help them make their voices heard. You'll get the feels every single time, I promise. So I think, Marissa, the last thing we should talk about is how we've personally crushed the midterms. So how do you feel like you've crushed the midterms? Well... Um, it's been a really long road. I was just thinking about this last night about how, how I got to this current moment, doing the kind of work that I'm doing, fully working in politics. It's really strange. I didn't, uh, two years ago, I, um, on, on November 9th, 28, 2016, the worst night ever, I was standing outside the White House. Um, as a reporter, I was uh, on staff as a writer at a website at the time, and I was fully expecting to be there and celebrate the first woman president getting elected. And we know it didn't turn out that way. And uh, everything changed that night. Um, well, including a week later, I was laid off from my job. And then um, a few weeks after that was the Women's March, and I went down to D.C., and it was a really pivotal moment for me because I saw this incredible energy. It was unlike anything I'd ever witnessed before. And I started a newsletter called Resistible that was about upcoming protests going on around the country. And that was sort of what set me on the path of like, I'm really passionate about this and I I care so much and our country is in danger and I'm just one person. But if there are other people out there like me caring as much as I do, then maybe the Trump presidency isn't going to destroy the entire world. Um, And so as it got closer to the actual midterms, I kicked into high gear. I identified a few races that were really important to me, like the the congressional race on Long Island for New York's 2nd District. Uh, We actually interviewed Luba Gretchen Shirley, who is the Democratic candidate for that seat. And uh, she's running against Peter King, who is a 26-year incumbent Republican, good friend of Trump's. And I actually made an error uh, when in our, our chat with Luba. I said that he never personally represented me. And I went back and there was redistricting on Long Island. And he actually was my congressman when I was younger. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And he, so much of what you care about gang violence and MS-13 on Long Island, that that he enabled that. I mean, that's his district where it's supposedly running rampant with, with gang violence and, and you know, all the immigrants coming here are trying to destroy America. He's just awful and he's so demeaning to women. And so I have spent a lot of afternoons canvassing and just having these amazing conversations and, and meeting people who are equally passionate. And I went out to New Jersey the other day to canvass for Mikey Sherrill, who's a, a candidate for Congress there, and she's amazing. So I just, I think that by engaging so deeply, it restored some of my faith in the future of our country. And I see that there are so many people who are going to fight like hell um, until we turn this thing around. And I'm one of them. It's beautiful. I've been so inspired by watching your your organizing and your volunteering and, you know, your canvassing prowess. I felt like on social media, you were just always canvassing. I was like, do you eat? 
it's just, it's just amazing because it's like I, I think I maybe did a total of one week. Like if you counted the, the days that I went canvassing. Right. But I, and there were days where I wish I'd gone and I didn't and I was really hard on myself and I have to remind myself like, you know, you're doing a lot more than most people, which right. isn't an excuse, but it, but, you, yeah. you do the best you can. And also just through my work with, of course, crushthemidterms.org and helping people make plans to engage and really do something. It's so meaningful to have been a small part of, of helping mobilize other people, both through the, the digital tool and through this podcast. I mean, this was yeah. when you emailed me to, to ask me to do this, I was so excited. I, yeah. I was like, I've wanted to do a podcast and I didn't know how or about why and then this just like fell on my lap and um 12 weeks later here we are i and i yeah i hope this isn't goodbye i hope it's see you later well i mean i feel like that kind of segues nicely into how i feel i've crushed the midterms because like you marissa november 9th 2016 i was a stay-at-home mom who was tangentially involved in politics in that like I was smart and informed but also you know kind of swathed in white woman privilege and and kind of stayed out of it because I didn't have to get into it yeah and that's when I realized when when Trump was elected and I realized that that's that wasn't acceptable anymore and so I was like what are the skills that I have I am a techie I'm good with tech and I can talk like no one's business. <laughs> <laughs> so I really set out to take my privilege and my knowledge and elevate the voices of people who knew way more than I did and to do the work of amplifying people. And, and especially in this, this election cycle, I spent, I've dedicated a lot of my time and energy to interviewing candidates to interviewing, you know, the people we've had on this, this show, like Jason Kander and Rachel Bittacoffer and getting people more informed themselves. I text a lot of people. I, I make sure they know what they're talking about. And I, I, I feel like I personally set up shop where I'm just texting people everything about every proposition on the ballot in California. <laughs> um, and, you know, I did a little bit of canvassing myself um, for the first time. I had never done that before. And I, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like a big part of what I've done for this cycle is I, I just wanted, I wanted people to know as much as they could. I wanted to educate and that was what was really important to me. And I feel like that's how I personally crushed the midterms. You crushed it. You really did. Crushed I mean, your, and your I dedication is so inspiring. All the people you've talked to on Hellbent and on the other podcasts that you do with Emily's List and, of course, here on Crafts and Midterms, it's, it's really, it's incredible. And um, I, I know just so many people have learned so much from, from the stories that, that you validated. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I also hope this is See You Later because I feel like we've really done something special here. I think we're a good <laughs> pair. I mean, we're a good pair. even if no one else agrees, I think so. You know, I like it. I don't it. care what. I'm, I'm having a good yeah, time. Yeah, I'm having a great time. And the craziest <laughs> thing is, like, I don't know if anyone realizes this, but Devin and I have never met in real life. We've never met. That's true. It's so weird. It's it's amazing how you're able to do something like this without actually being in the same place. 
I know, I know. Oh, Marissa, a couple weeks ago, asked me how tall I was <laughs> because it had occurred to us that we'd never actually like seen each other in person. <laughs> we are both quite tall, as it turns We're both out. Quite tall. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think I think it's time for our very last call to action. Marissa, I'll let you do the honors, oh. but I think everyone is guessed already. <laughs> Your call to action, should, should you choose to accept it, and if you don't, I will personally come hunt you down, <laughs> is go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. Go vote. <laughs> just, go, just go, go vote. Just go vote. That's, that's literally it. No uh, making phone calls or knocking or anything like that. Um, just get out and vote uh, and make us That's proud it. and send us uh, I voted selfie when you did yes oh yes we will plaster those all over social media <laughs> I'm so excited for my sticker give me that sticker oh, well you know that scientifically proven that people are 248% more attractive when wearing an I voted sticker. I, I mean, I'm a scientist, so I think that's absolutely right. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. All right. Well, thank you to everyone for, for helping us crush it and crushing it on your own and making plans to crush it in the future. And I'm not going to say the word crush again because it's too much, but it's been, um, it's been wonderful being on this journey with y'all and especially you, Devin. Yes. You, Marissa. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, Marissa. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you enjoyed crushing the midterms with us. <laughs>